You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Thursday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a mailbag edition of the show. A lot of good questions rolling in, so we're just going to go ahead and knock that out. Maybe wrap things up a little bit, talking some baseball as the Utah baseball team pushes their win streak to four games in a row after a comeback victory over Utah Valley. That's right. When you win one, and then when you win another, then you win another, and another, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. All that coming up next year on the Locked On Utes podcast for a Thursday, May 13th, 2021. Into the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. It's a mailbag edition of the show. As I mentioned before, we're going to break down your questions because that's what I want to do. And there were actually some really great questions. Not that there aren't always great questions, because there usually are. Uh, we just got a lot of questions this time around, which was good. That's uh, one of my favorite things is being able to answer questions. I'm going to dip back a little bit here to a question I actually got at the beginning of the week from good friend Cycling Ute. He, uh, he said, while I'm always down to pick up more RB talent, that's not a great indictment on our current RB room. Also, when are we getting a wide receiver? This was in reference to the uh, Tavion Thomas commitment, and we did break that down a little bit on Monday. I think... The the hard part about it is that when when you're a fan and you just hear a name and, and the statistics and or the position, the immediate thought is like another running back. Why do we need another running back? Now, I had had a suspicion that there was something going on with Tavion Thomas, so I'd watched his film, and the second I watched his film, it was instantly obvious to me why they were going after this guy. He is big. He is fast. He is built to play a variety of positions. I think that he will work great out of the slot. And probably the biggest thing about him is that he's a perfect fit for Andy Ludwig's offense. Now, the basics of Andy Ludwig's offense, and and Steve Bartle has done a great job in the past writing about the motion offense. And what motion does is it creates matchup nightmares. If you watch a lot of NBA basketball, you know that pick and roll and the pick and pop game is designed primarily to get the right matchups, right? You want to get teams switching and get a big on a on a guard or 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 vice versa, a guard trying to defend a big and and get those matchup uh, mistakes. And that's very much what a motion offense in football does. Uh, Utah does a variety of different motions. They'll do a fly motion, which is where a, a slot or a receiver will come all the way across the formation, uh, close, tight to the line of scrimmage. They'll do an orbital motion, which is where a slot will usually kind of bend in a half-moon crescent into the backfield, and you can do a variety of different plays. You can run 
option. You can run RPO. You can run zone read off of that. You can do all kinds of crazy things. You can run some some swing pass stuff. So you can do some play action swing passes. And there are, you know, stop motions to where you'll come in, stop, and then turn back and go to where you're at. Motion is primarily designed to do two things. One, it's it's an easy way for quarterbacks to de- to decipher what the coverage is, and every defense is out there trying to disguise coverage so that you can't read it. The second part about it too is it gets you your, the numbers that you want to whatever side of the field that you're motioning to. The third part about it, obviously, is getting the right matchup, and that's where I think Tavion Thomas is such a great pickup because he can motion all over the field. And if you can get the right matchup on him, like him against a safety or him against a linebacker, either way, it's a really, really tough thing to defend. And if teams are going to run zone, he's going to drag defenders in. Now, if you go back and watch games, there's a lot of that kind of action with Cole fathering him where he brings the defense up because he's such a weapon there at the five-yard out. And so safeties and linebackers and corners will draw into him, and that's a lot of what's allowed the Brant Keithies and Samson Nakua's to get into that second level. And so when Utah is able to protect and really run off the play action game. So it, the game I would really recommend watching is the Washington game of 2019 with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. That's a great example of how much Utah was able to go over the top because defenses were collapsing on Cole Fotheringham. Tavion Thomas is going to do the exact same thing. So that's why it's a good pickup. The wide receiver question is difficult to answer because there are players in the wings waiting for it. And I promise, promise, promise you, Utah fans, you're going to like the names that are going to be coming in. But Utah is being very deliberate about when to announce these things, how to go about it. And they always have a strategy and a plan in mind for this kind of thing. And it usually has something to do with either other recruits or or with school stuff or, or whatever it is, there's usually something in the works that they already know about or, or have planned. It just hasn't been announced yet. And that's the difference between something like the NFL where free agency just goes and you just find out right away and college football. I think it's also the intrigue and the interesting aspect of recruiting is so much in recruiting can change in an instant. It, it's volatile to be honest with you and so i i really find that to be exciting i also think they have a safety prospect or two but as i was talking to a college coaching friend of mine today at a not at a pac-12 program but at a d1 p5 program he mentioned to me the importance of doing your due diligence in the transfer portal but not only doing that but also making sure that you're Ears are to the streets and finding out who might be entering in and who might be leaving and knowing who is good and who isn't. And there are teams now that are paying offensive assistance and recruiting assistance to keep their their eyes and ears open so that they know exactly what's going to happen so that they can do their due diligence because nobody wants to get caught with a player in the transfer portal that could possibly help them and not having a spot. And so that is one reason that I think a lot of times maybe they have these dominoes lined up and they're not falling because I think Utah wants to make sure that they're in the game with the right guys and and doing all the right things before they make some commitments. And, you know, for example, if a wide receiver were to commit to Utah, it might scare off another one who doesn't want to compete. But if the guy commits, he comes in, and then the other wide receiver commits, he feels like he's ahead of the game. So a lot of that kind of stuff 
it is it's it's the oddity of recruiting, but it's also the mental aspect of it. So good question there from our good friend Cycling Ute, often participant in these mailbags and everything like that. That question was actually from I believe on Saturday, but uh, wanted to make sure that one got special attention from him. Uh, moving on to our next question, another good friend of the program, uh, my my buddy Rob. Uh, it, the guy drives trains for a living folks. Like uh, your job is not like it doesn't get much better than that. He says specifically for Brown bear SLC, which Utes OL had the nastiest mean streak bulls slaughter off. My vote might be for John Cullen. Dude used to go out of his way to lay a lick on someone sometimes to the tune of the, of a 15 yard penalty. Uh, good sir. Hamlet follows up with what about Chris Kamoyatu? Curious Kamoyatu was an absolute beast. And I don't think he met, an opponent that he didn't want to try and bury in the dirt for 60 minutes out of the game. I think Garrett Bowles was another good, good example of that. I'm going to give you a name that comes to mind, and, and maybe he doesn't have that typical nastiness to him, but Isaac Asiata was an absolute joy to watch clean the pocket. And we have a phrase in offensive line play called finding work. And I used to preach it so heavily to my offensive linemen and make them write it on their forearms or on their wrist tape or, or wherever it is. Find work. And what it means is that anytime you get into pass protection and there's nobody directly coming into your assignment, go find something to do. And Isaac Asiata was an absolute king at cleaning the pocket. And what I mean by that is he would find whoever was engaged with somebody and just knock the turd right out of them by tipping their deck. And tipping their deck means you take their those big old hands of yours and just pop them right in the shoulder pads and knock them over. And I don't know that there was anybody in my recent memory that was as good at it as Isaac Asiata. It was an absolute joy to watch him do that. And so those are some really good names. Uh yeah, you know, I think uh, Bulls obviously never never met an opponent that he didn't want to try and put on their back every single play in the run game. Uh, Chris Kimoatu was a multi-year NFL player uh, with the Steelers and, and an absolute beast of an offensive lineman, too, during the Urban Meyer era. So that's a good pull by our good friend Hamlet. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, Isaac Asiata was one that I really, really enjoyed watching. Um, and nastiness can be determined in a lot of different ways. I think a lot of people like the the arrogance of John Cullen on the field and consider that to be nasty. I always liked quiet nastiness. Those are the guys that are a little bit more reserved, maybe not as active in, in their emotions or, or activity or anything like that, but when they really pop somebody, it makes a difference. And if you go back and watch some of those Isaac Asiata, those heavy hand uh, cleaning the pocket situations, man, he was just an absolute beast. And if for those who are fans of Hans Olsen and his Hulo award, I think Isaac won it four or five times that year. And and it was for all those same reasons. And he, he was just a really fun player to watch and, uh, you know, a good, good man as well. So I, I doubt that Isaac listens to this, but he was one of my favorites to watch in that one. Not only are they a title sponsor of the show today, but rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years now. Two zero. They've been slanging parts on the internet. And there's a reason why they are the biggest name amongst do-it-yourselfers who want to fix their vehicles. And that's because their prices are the best. They have everything that you need for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. 
brake parts, tail lamps, motor oils. I talk about it all the time. Seat covers, new carpet. I've threatened to build a car strictly out of parts that I've ordered from rockauto.com. Uh, I, I think the financial ramifications likely are not strong, but, uh, you know, if, if they want to collaborate on something like that, I think it would be a lot of fun. Get at me, Rock Auto. Let me know. But essentially going to rockauto.com is like getting that big giant book that you used to see behind the counter in an auto parts store. Only it's all online. It's easy to navigate, easy to find. Nobody knows what your car is better than you. And so you can go on there and find all the parts. We've shared stories about uh, listeners doing brake jobs. And, and I did one recently. And it was uh, so great to just have all the parts come right then and there and, and be easy to take care of and, and do it right then and there. So go to rockauto.com, shop for your car parts there. Use that promo code, or sorry, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you and they will continue to bring you great content here on the Locked On Utes podcast. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Jumping back into things here on a mailbag edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. Again, huge, huge shout out to everybody who responded on Twitter and uh, just all of you listeners for getting involved. It makes it so much more fun and the questions are so much better than uh, things that I could come up with. I tried to come up with your favorite uh, trick play last week and, and all I got was the annexation of Puerto Rico. I was really hoping for the Sandman or the Ted Lasso special to be one, the Flying V. None of those were ever voted on, so uh, clearly going to stay away from doing questions on my own. Our good friend at GatorUte89, and listen, if you're a listener of the show, you're a good friend. That's just the bottom line. He asks, which signee will see the most playing time this season? And I wanted to clarify if he was asking basketball or football. This is a football question. My answer is Cole Bishop, and the reason for that is because there are so many available minutes at the safety position right now. I think it's one with the injury to uh, RJ Hubert and man, it, that's a heartbreaker. Like he is such a good kid, such a hard worker and you hope that he heals up quickly, but there's just an opportunity there for him. And, and for the most part, in my opinion, Vontae Davis, Kamoi Latu, uh, both kind of play that more free safety style. I would suspect that we see a lot of both of them throughout the course of things. But I think that Cole Bishop will remind a lot of people of Nate Ritchie in how he plays, the, the way he plays. He's a big kid, 6'3", 200, comes from Peachtree City, Georgia. He was a linebacker or, or was originally committed to Duke, was recruited primarily as a linebacker by a lot of schools. Morgan Scally somehow, like only Morgan Scally can do, discovers his tape, sees him, comes in, says, hey, we want you to come play safety at the University of Utah. And sure enough, he's out here and he's dominating. And uh, I, I have it on good authority that there was a, a uh, oh, let, let's call this a show-and-tell session with the defensive uh, football staff. Um, where they highlighted some of the things that Cole Bishop can do. And I think he really has a great opportunity to pop. Uh, and the other thing, too, is I think that safety is a position, especially in Utah's defense, 
where there is a lot of potential to play early on. We saw Nate Ritchie do a good job with it last year. Uh, made a few mistakes, but not too many to the point of where, uh, you know, he was a detriment at all. So I think there's probably some precedence there with that one. The other obvious candidate is Ethan Calvert. And I only say that because I think the versatility of Nephi Sewell and the fact that you're going to want to rotate with your linebackers pretty heavily and I, I think Sewell can play a variety of different positions still. He can man up in the slot if he needs to. Although Malone Monteale had a really good spring. Um, he can be in the slot. He can he can play as a safety. You can do some 4-3 looks with th- three linebackers. I, I, I want to encourage people to get away from thinking about uh, how many linebackers play on the field at once and think more in terms of the ability to rotate fresh players in throughout the game. Utah's not going to want to play a 4-4 defense just because they got a lot of linebackers. What they're going to want to do is they're going to want to play a lot of 4-2-5 and rotate guys in to keep guys fresh. Can you imagine a fresh, energized, uh, fully engaged Devin Lloyd in the fourth quarter of some of these games? He's just going to be an absolute nightmare for people. And so because of that, I think Ethan Calvert is an obvious, obvious choice to get a lot of playing time to as a freshman. I was reading an article the other day with uh, Duke Manyweather, who is the king of all offensive line coaching guru guys. He does all that work with Jeff Schwartz. If you ever watched Jeff Schwartz version of uh, uh, the QB confidential like Gruden used to do, he did it for Fox Sports with offensive linemen. Anyways, Duke Manyweather said that he thought the three most difficult positions to step in and play immediately are offensive line quarterback and cornerback. Uh, uh, and, and so those three positions, I think, are, are positions where Utah does have some prospects coming in, but likely not to see the field. Uh, maybe a dark horse candidate might be Makai Cope. Uh, I just don't think they're going to go after some transfers. And, and so I don't know that he can necessarily see the field. Uh, Bryson Reeves is another player that Utah picked up late in the cycle, and he sort of blew up after Utah get after him, and he was playing in the spring. So that's a fun little pickup that they have that I doubt he'll see the field a lot. But what a great job of recruiting with uh, for the University of Utah in that regards. Um, yeah, so, so that's kind of where that stands in terms of that. Um, some people might be asking, what about Tavita Fotu? Uh, Lucky Fotu's younger brother, I they're pretty stacked on defensive tackle, and and we're still uh, waiting to hear that that Vita actually qualified academically. Uh, I know that that was a concern as things developed. So um, yeah, that's there. That's where I stand on that particular question. And if you're wondering about maybe basketball signees, since so many have come through the transfer portal, I think Marco Anthony. Hands down, or David Jenkins. I think those two are the the guys that are going to be the biggest influencers on that Utah basketball team. At SWAT Mary, one of my absolute favorite follows on Twitter asks, "I don't have much of a question, but I want the free episode." So here we go. If Utah could only land two local kids this signing period, which two would you pick? The first one is Lander Barton, without a doubt. The second one, for me personally, it's got to be Carson Tabarachi, and I just love his game, the way he plays. He's got such a bizarre thickness to him where he's also an athlete. Like you don't see dudes that are as thickly built as he is that can move and and be flexible and and athletic the way that he is. So he's 
right now he's probably my favorite uh favorite player to watch that's not named Lander Barton and Lander Lander is simply a must get because he's going to be the number ranked number one ranked recruit in the state for 2022 and and deservedly so but also I think his 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 athleticism is just off the charts we've just talked about him so much that like it's kind of one of those given situations for me uh the other um like I said I, I really like uh Tavo um the other one that I think is going to be very, very difficult for Utah to, to reel in, but somebody that I'm a really big fan of is uh, Dominique McKenzie. And for those old school fans of Utah BYU games, if the name Bryant McKenzie rings a bell, this is his boy. He's got two twins, Bryant, or uh, excuse me, Dominique and Marcus McKenzie. They both play down there at Pineview, but Dominique, as a wide receiver prospect, is an absolute joy to watch. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. It, the, the idea is that it's kind of between BYU and Oregon. Um, I just really like him. He's another good one. Uh, Cody Hagan ran a 10, 500 meter, which is just absolute speed. This is going to be a strange class. I think for the university of Utah, because I doubt they'll just take a ton of in-state guys, but, uh, those are the ones that I really like another, um, Another name that I, I think probably doesn't get as much as attention, but I'm really, really intrigued and excited to watch him as a senior is Dallas Vakalahi from West High School, who I think he's a 6'3", 270-pound prospect, but watching him last year, there's just something special to his game. He's, he really stands out when you watch him play, and I really like his attitude. He seems very coachable, and uh, you know that, that West program is starting to really load up on talent, so... The top two for me would be Lander Barton, though, and Carson Tabaracci. I love Tabo. Uh, if you're one of those people that likes to watch film and listen, there's no shame in watching some high school tape. Uh, go out and watch Tabo's film because it's really fun. Last question for this segment comes from Roz in real life. I don't know if Roz is even a listener of the Locked on Utes podcast. No, that's just me joking. Her question is peanut butter M&Ms or peanut M&Ms. And this is, oh, boy. Did I start a firestorm on Twitter the other day when I released that my personal rankings had changed? And this was something that I knew, I knew, I knew when I tweeted it, I was going to get a lot of responses. I didn't think I'd get over 50 responses to it. Uh, I said that for my personal ranking, peanut M&Ms had surpassed peanut butter M&Ms. And I need to justify my my thought and my wisdom behind this because if you've had a peanut butter m&m lately you probably think to yourself there's nothing better than this this is the cream of the crop this is the best of the best right here and i used to believe that was the case until i mixed them because i saw that m&m was slinging these packages of peanut m&m peanut butter m&m and regular m&m and i don't want the regular m&ms they're fine look there's nothing wrong with them i just don't want them mixed in with my peanut and my peanut butter so me being the evil genius that I am, I mix the two bags together, and as I'm eating through them, I'm, I'm noticing with every single bite the difference between peanut and peanut butter and how much better the peanut M&M was. When you compare them side by side, there's just hands down no contest. Now, if you were to tell me which one would you like the most out of all these different M&M types, I probably would have said peanut butter up until that point. 
But when you put them together, when you put them side by side, there's just a better flavor that comes from the M&M. The crunch is better. The actual peanut taste is better. I feel like the peanut butter has gotten a little bit too sweet lately. And this is entirely too much breakdown of M&M flavorings. But I will say this. I actually kind of prefer the peanut butter M&M to Reese's Pieces. And really, if you want to get wild and wicked with it, you go get your movie theater popcorn, which, hey, if you're vaccinated, we can all go back to movies now. How great is that? You go get your movie theater popcorn. You throw a little Reese's Pieces in there. You throw some peanut butter M&Ms in there to mix it up. Man, I tell you what, that is a fat kid's delight right there. Get those big, nice, comfy reclining seats. And and Brown Bear might not leave the movie theater for months if that's the case. So I feel like that's going to get me in trouble with Roz. If so, uh, it's not the first time, but I think I have a good way of, of getting myself out of trouble. It might start with Met and end with Khan. Again, just wanted to thank everybody for participating in this week's mailbag. It was a great session. The questions that you all come up with are always so much more fun for me. And maybe it's because like I get to hear what you actually want to know. And and I think everybody does a really great job of asking questions. It can be – I know what to talk about when it comes to football and things of that nature. Especially doing this podcast now for a little over six months as, as it would so happen to be. But what I really like to know is what's going on inside of your minds, what you're thinking about, what's what curiosities you have. It, it's so great to hear those kinds of things. So feedback in that respect or questions are always welcome here for uh, myself and for Jake. Uh, Jake will likely be back. I don't know if he'll be back tomorrow, but he'll be back for sure next week. It's just very busy time uh, for both of us right now and, and just kind of easier for me to knock some of these out while we get everything set up uh, for the off season fully. So. That is enough of that. But if you were to place some money down on what's going to happen at the Utah Social Media Open on Friday, I bet you that betonline.ag would take some of those bets. In fact, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't rolled out odds for the field yet. I'm going to go ahead and tell you to not bet on me as I went to the driving range on Wednesday night, and it was bad. It was ugly, folks. For every good shot I hit, and, and the irons were hot briefly. Uh, there were 15 bad shots in between them. And so I will be spraying all over the place when it comes to playing at Soldier Hollow on Friday. Just go ahead and uh, avoid any shots that I am. I might be taking on, on the course right here and now. But in the meantime, go to betonline.ag and sign up for an account there because they will set odds for you if you want to set odds for something. That's one of my favorite parts about betonline.ag. They have all the updates and news and everything for all your favorite sports actions. We've talked about all the sports that you can bet on. It's really easy to go there, sign up. You can do it on your laptop or mobile device, whatever works best for you. Just use that promo code locked on, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is five zero, an extra 50%. So if you put $1,000 in, you get $1,500 in the account. And that's basically $500 free dollars to play with and do all sorts of fun things and make money with. That's a great way to go about doing it. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Again, use that promo code locked on for the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Wrapping up a Thursday edition of the Locked on Utes podcast. Really fun episode. Thank you again, everybody, for your questions. Uh, makes the job really fun. Uh, and 
I won't say easy because it does challenge me thought wise, but it's just nice to be able to get outside of my own thoughts for a little bit and kind of get your thoughts. Wanted to touch on the University of Utah baseball team going to the wire to get the come from behind victory against uh, Utah Valley rallies in the seventh inning to go ahead 10 to nine holds on to win that game 10 to nine in, in what was a thrilling game for sure. Push the win streak to four games. It has happened before. And now they will head off onto a four game, excuse me, three game stand against, uh, Oregon. That one will be up in Oregon, uh, or excuse me, in Ogden. O's too many O's right now. And, it's getting late. So go ahead and check out those games Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday first pitch is at 6 p.m. at Linquist Field up there in Ogden. Saturday first pitch at 4 p.m. Sunday first pitch at 11 a.m. Uh, you can also catch those on the Utah stream at Pac12.com. Uh, some standouts from the game. Jalen McLaughlin continues his stellar play. Went 2 of 5 with a run and an RBI. Jaden Kiernan showed up 2 for 4. Two runs, one RBI. My guy, Kai Roberts, two for five, two RBIs, continuing his his just really good play. Uh, big fan of him. He's done a great job. Uh, Dusty Schramm came out in the ninth inning to earn his first save of the season and get Utah their 14th win. Had 13 hits on the night with six players having two hits. That's a pretty good job by the Utes. Um, and we'll look for them to carry this four-game winning streak into the series against Oregon. Maybe some momentum and some confidence will do them good. Ogden home field has seemed to be a great option for the Utah Pingan Utes. That's it for today's episode. Thank you, as always, for joining myself. My name is Brian Brown. You can find me on Twitter at SLC. You can find the Locked on Utes podcast on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. We highly recommend the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y odyssey app for all of your podcasting needs uh we should be back up and and uploading on apple Podcasts by now fully they told us that they're going to be restoring all the old episodes so go ahead and give those a listen again as always thank you for for following us for rating for reviewing for telling your friends about us the growth for the podcast has been just absolutely exceptional and we really appreciate you all tuning in and listening uh as always we like to close the show by telling you We love you. We like you. Utah friends and family. It's always a great day to be a Ute. So be well. Stay well. Do well. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for Thursday, May 13th, 2021. And we're going to talk to you again on Friday. Friday.